Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dave from Posing in a Matrix. Getting a four-minute late start. I apologize for that. I'm going to call from Brian before he's got some stuff to deal with at home, so he's not going to be here tonight. So it's just me and you, okay? Uh, hence, we're not going to have the show that was scheduled to be on tonight about uh, the Middle East and, and the powers in the Middle East and all the junk that's going on there, <laughs> literally. Um, instead, we're going to do something else that's kind of piqued my, my interest and hopefully has piqued yours too. And that's the uh, the fact that Texas is talking about secession from the United States. Okay. Um, can it happen? Is it possible? Is it legal? Well, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to look at that tonight and try to figure this all out. Now, you can remember back in, well, you probably can't remember. You weren't there, but you've read your history books back in 1861 or 1860. Uh, the South was uh, South Carolina and Alabama. Then other states followed suit. Uh, Virginia came close to last. And uh, they formed 11 states that seceded from the Union because they were fighting for states' rights. No, they weren't fighting to keep slaves. They were fighting to keep states' rights. Slaves came into it later. Slaves made it more of a, a moral thing for the United States or the North to, to, um, to try to win the war. Um, you, know, you know darn well that uh, the politicians that were in Washington in the 1860s didn't give a damn about the blacks. And uh, and they just use them like they're being used today by the Democratic Party. And uh, I just pray for our, our black brothers and sisters, all of them in the United States here, that we can come to a mutual understanding that we can we can fight against these bastards that are in, in the um, in government. They're trying to sell us or and are maybe successfully trying to sell us down the drain. Uh, let's go, Brandon. Right. Um, so. Man, you know, every time I look at this screen, they've added something extra. This is a good deal. If you're ever going to start your own podcast, go with uh, go with Melon, okay? And I'm not doing a commercial for them. I just really like their stuff. Teleprompters. <laughs> um, I guess old Joe can't use that one, huh? Uh, they got tickers and banners and everything else. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting off the track, so let me get back on. So... I'm reading all over the internet that that uh, secession is not allowed. Well, of course, secession is not allowed. You know, they're going to say that, but is it really not allowed? Okay. Um, what I'd like to do is I'd like to start up by reading the uh, Declaration of Independence. Okay. I'll read it as fast and, and as good as I can. And because it's going to lay a lot of framework for what we're going to talk about tonight. I believe that the Declaration is one of the finest documents that's ever been written, that in the Constitution, um, only superseded by Scripture, the Bible, and maybe some other works like the um, Magna Carta and stuff like that. But um, anyway, it's a, it's a Declaration for Freedom, and it's a it's an indictment against the King of England. And as we read it, you're going to be able to indict our federal government and some of our state governments, too, for that matter. Here, I live here in Oregon, for goodness sakes. You know, it's it's commie bill here. Um, hopefully not for long. You know, we're I think we're getting our ducks in a row and we're fed up with the with the leftists and the communists and the socialists and the progressives and you put your word in there. Um, so anyway, my phone is reminding me, turn me off, turn me off. Okay, there we go. 
Phone's off. Okay. So, um, let's start about reading this. And then I found a couple of articles. I don't think I'll read through both of them because the second one's quite long. And they, I don't know, it's the end of the day. Quite long at the end of the day just not work for me. Okay. Um, I'm going to be watching the, um, better than that, I'm just going to turn on the, the um, screen for people that write in. Okay, so can states like Texas secede from the Union? Now, let me tell you, it's not only Texas, okay? Um, there's a, a couple of um, things that are afoot here on the West Coast. Um, uh, when you talk about California, for instance, you got to talk about it basically in three different areas, okay? You've got the area that's the Oregon border down to about, oh, I don't know, Red Bluff. Okay, let's say Red Bluff, okay? About 130, 140 miles, I think. It might be more. Um, and they're, they're very conservative there. But they're under the thumb of um, of communists that are in an office in California. So they're not happy. So there was a, a program together, and I think it might still be together, where they were trying to get – I've got a wayward microphone here. Hold on, folks. Okay. Uh, they were trying to get uh, Northern California to join with certain counties in Oregon to form a country or a country state named Jefferson. Okay. Now that's good if you're going to form a state. The, the feds would probably love that. You know, hey, you got one more state, more money coming in, more representatives. All oh, the Democrats ought to love that. But the little secret is that they'd be, they'd be right, um, right leaning Democrat, or right leaning, um, uh, you know, Repo- uh, congressmen and senators. I'm sorry. Long day, folks. Long and winding road day. Um, and then there's another plan that was gaining momentum, but I don't hear about very much anymore, and it's called Greater U- Greater Idaho. And that plan includes Idaho and uh, most of eastern Oregon and a lot of counties in southern Oregon and maybe some of California's northern uh, counties uh, to form a state that is distinct um, away from Oregon. And I'll tell you, if it goes through, Oregon's going to be a very, very tiny state. Um, so, you know, they have to get votes, or not votes, but uh, signatures and and then you got the leftists in, uh, up in the Capitol, you know, that, oh, well, this signature is no good. That one's no good. You know, trying to write off every signature that they can so that they don't have enough to have a quorum to, to make the county effective to do this. So that's another thing you got to worry about. Sometimes these things you just have to do. You know, you just have to say, the heck with it, man. I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Um, I got a glare on the screen, folks. I'm trying to watch the comments. Okay. Um, yes, it's still sunny here in, uh, in Oregon. It's uh, 7-Eleven only and got about another hour and a half of, uh, daylight. So I have to do this every once in a while to check, see if anybody's writing in. Okay. Nobody is. So let's start out with reading, um, Le Declaration de Independence. Okay. You like my French accent? Okay. This is, uh. It says in Congress, July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. When the, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them to another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and the laws of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare that cause which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, 
that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator to certain inalienable rights, alienable rights, excuse me. That among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now let me stop. Originally when he wrote this, it was be to be pursuit of property or life, liberty, and property. But for some reason they wrote happiness. I think it's because anybody that's got property can vote. Anybody that's got property, well, back then anyway, anybody that's got property has status. So I think that they wanted to make it so that, um, you know, people would be ineffective when it came to that. I don't know. I don't know what the writers had, the founders had in mind when they wrote this, but they changed it from property to happiness. Okay, let's continue. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, delving their just power from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right, let me say that again, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundations on such principles and organizing powers in such form that to them shall be shall seem most likely effective to the sa- their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed, prudence indeed will indicate that governments long established should not be changed for light of their transient causes. Let me scroll here. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposable to suffer while evils are sufferable. That to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when they long, when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing in, in, invariably the same object uh, invinces a design to reduce them under absolute typicism, excuse me, it is their right and it is their duty to throw off such government and provide new guards for their future safety, security, excuse me. Uh, such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now necessary with the, cer- the constraints, which constrains them to alter their former system of government. The history of present king, present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having a direct objection to the establishment of absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, the facts submitted our candid in our to our candid world he has refused his assent to laws and most wholesome and necessary for the public good he has forbidden the governors to pass an immediate and pressing importance unless suspended by their operations till his absence should be assent should be obtained uh, and which so suspended he has utterly neglected to attend to them he has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature to write inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from their depository of the public record for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance and his, with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with many firmness his invasions of the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to, to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislat- legislative powers and capable of annihilation have returned to the people at large for their exercise. The state remaining in the means, in the meantime, 
exposed to dangers of, of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states for the purpose of obstructing the laws for natural, naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migration hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of land. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will for the tenures for their for the tenure of their offices and amount of payment of their salaries. What does that sound like the Supreme Court? Um, he, has, he has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and to eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace, standing armies without the consent of our legislatures. He has effected to render the military independent of the superior of, and this of excuse me. He has effected to render the military independent of and superior to civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to, to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution is unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts, pretended uh, acts of pretended legislation uh, for quartering bodies of armed troops among us for the protection of them by a mock trial uh, for punishment for any murderers, which they should commit on the inhabitants of the States for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world for imposing taxes on us without consent for depriving, in many cases, the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond the seas to be tried for pretend offenses, for, abolish, for abolishing the free state of English laws in the neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it once an example and fit instrument of introducing the same absolute rules into these colonies. For taking away our charters, abolishing most of our valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our government. For suspending our legislature and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his, by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas and ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He has constrained our fellow citizens, taken captive on the state, captive on the high seas, to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends, brethren, and fellow, and or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections among us, and has devoured to, or has endeavored, excuse me, to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers the merciless Indian savages whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguishable destruction of all ages, sex, and conditions. Okay, that's the list. In every state of these operations, we have petitioned for the redress in uh, multiple human terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act uh, which may define a tyrant is unfit to be ruler of a free people nor have we been wanting in attention to our British brethren. We have, war we have warned them from time to time of attempts of our, by our legislature to extend our unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity 
and we have conjured we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our their our which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf and to the voice of justice and consanguinity. We must therefore acquiesce in necessity, which denounces our separation, and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, and peace friends. Last paragraph. We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America in general Congress, assembled appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude excuse me, of our intentions, do in the name and the authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved, um, absolved from the allegiance of the British crown, and that all political connection between the United, uh, them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, that, and that as free and independent states, they have a full power to levy war, concede, pe- conclude peace, uh, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts of things which independent states may, may have the right to do. And for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge each other in our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And it has all the names of the, um, the signers of the uh, Declaration of Independence. But you could, you know, when I was reading through this, I was like, well, yeah, the government's doing that. The government's doing that. The government's doing that. And it says right up here that if the government is not working for the people and is doing things against the people, that a revolt needs to happen, basically, you're saying. And I do believe that day is coming, and I can't wait for that day, actually. But um, it's not going to be a good scene. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be messy. And we have to all get ready to see that, that, that that's what's going to happen. Okay. Let me go back here. All right. I was going to show it to you on the screen, and I forgot to do that. I apologize. Um, so the Declaration of Independence, which was written by our founding fathers, the ones who founded the United States of America, uh, in its true form, we'll get into that in a few minutes, um, they said that if the government turns against us, we have a right to re- revolt and to establish a new government. So can Texas secede from the Union? Well, according to the Declaration of Independence, yes, it can. Okay, as can all the other states in this country because the federal government has turned against the people, has turned against the states, and has aligned itself with foreign governments. And that's been going on for years. We'll see that. Um, now, when I was a, when I was younger, I was probably in my 30s, my dad really got into this stuff, uh, researching this. And, and he uh, told me that the United States is not really... Uh, a country anymore, that the Constitution is not effective, and that the country of the United States is more of a corporation. And Ralph Epperson will, will echo this, and if he, when he talks on Wednesday, maybe he'll mention this, or maybe it'll be the following Wednesday or the Wednesday after that, who knows. But um, it's important to note that um, the Civil War really messed things up for a lot of people. Um, what happened after the Civil War, and we'll read part of this later, um, is that since the North won, and the North was backed by big bankers, although they didn't know it. 
uh, we hear all this stuff that Lincoln uh, Lincoln knew the government was was broke and he wrote these uh, greenbacks and passed them out to people and they were supposed to be worth something. Uh, they were de facto money actually, and um, and they were passed around quite a bit during the Civil War. They were the currency. But um, so after the war, the country was broke, and you may not read this, but it's it, the Alaskans know it. Alaskans are taught this in school. That they you remember when um, you read about Alaska being taken over by the United States? It was bought. It was called Seward's Folly, bought by the Russians for a ridiculously low price. Um, that was actually to pay back the Russians for helping us during the Civil War. I bet you didn't know that. During the Civil War, the Russians came and blockaded some of the ports so that the British couldn't get in because the British wanted to help the South. They they had a, a big investor in, in the South because the British wanted cotton, and the South had lots of cotton, and not to mention tobacco. Um, so they were all ready to help the South, but the, the Russians came, and the Russian uh, Navy at that time was the one of the biggest navies in the world, Okay. So the South stayed away from, or excuse me, the British stayed away from the South and didn't help the South. And that helped the North to win the war. Um, so to pay them back, he, he bought Alaska, at, like they said, at a ridiculously low price. And um, it was the real estate deal of the, you know, the 10 millenniums, the past and present. You know, it's it was, <laughs> I don't know. I wish I could get a, a deal like that on land. I'd take it in a minute. But... Um, so that's how Texas became a, a territory and then later a state in 1959. On my birthday, January 3rd, 1959. <laughs> that's funny. You know, yesterday I had a show, an unannounced show, and I had a bunch of people in the chat room, and today I have an announced show with nobody. <laughs> so anyway, I guess that's the way the cookie crumbles, huh? Well, actually, I don't know how many people are watching. It doesn't really matter. If one person's watching, that's all that matters. That's what I always say. So what about the United States? Is it is the Constitution still in effect? Hell no, it's not. Sorry. All this, you know, is it constitutional? You know, and the reason why they get away with all this crap that they do is because the Constitution is not uh, not valid because it's been superseded by a corporate United States of America, uh, a corporate United States of America that can do anything it wants to because it knows how it's like a, a gigantic uh, um, soul sucking octopus that's that's in the universe trying to trying to see people. And um, so anyway, I found this article. Well, actually, let's see. All right, I'm going to read the first part of this Wikipedia thing. I know Wikipedia, but there's a lot of good stuff in here. All right, Secession in the United States is, is titled, and I'm not going to read all of it because it's long and and it's boring. Um, it could be boring to some people anyway. Hardly. Yeah, long day. Okay, in the context of the United States, succession primarily refers to the voluntary withdrawal of one or more states from the Union that constitutes the United States. But many loosely refer to the leaving state or territory to form separatory or a new state or the sovereignty of an area from a city or county within a state. Um, advocates for secession are called disunionists, unionists, disunionists, 
by their contemporary and various historical documents. Threats and aspirations to secede from the United States or, or arguments justifying secession have been featured have been a feature of the country's politics almost since its birth. Some have argued that for, argued for secession as the constitutional right, and others um, as for the natural right of, revol, of revolution. In Texas versus White, 1869, the Supreme Court ruled unilaterally secession under secession under constitutional while commenting that revolution or consent of states could lead to secession, successful secession. Okay, it's not legal, but if you call it a revolution, it's legal. Okay. Okay, the most serious attempt at secession was advanced in the years 1860 and 1861 as 11 states, as 11 southern states, um, each declared secession for the United States and joined together to form the Confederate States of America a procedure and body that the northern government of the United States refused to accept. The movement collapsed in 1865 with the defeat of the Confederate forces by the Union armies in the American Civil War. In the history of the United States, only ter- the only territories that have been withdrawn from the country are small portions of the Louisiana Purchase, north of the 49th parallel, 49th parallel north, uh, established uh, as a U.S.-British, now Canadian, border by the Treaty of 1818, and the territory of the Commonwealth of the Philippines, which became independent after the Treaty of Manila. The former is today the former is today part of Canada, while the latter co- corresponds to the Republic of the Philippines. Boundaries of the U.S. territories, such as the Nebraska Territory, were not defined precisely. The boundaries of each state, each new state are set up in the document admitting the former um, territory to the Union as a state, while Congress must approve. There's only one instance in the U.S. history in which a portion of a state successfully succeeded to create a new state, West Virginia, uh, which separated from Virginia in 1863. The central issue was slavery and was not allowed, that slavery was not allowed in West Virginia. So if the war was to fight slavery, why did it take three years to, for them to secede. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Found another one called the United States is a federal corporation. It says U.S. Code, Title 128. I'm going to go ahead and share this. Let me get over here to the share thing. Okay, screen. United States is a federal corporation. Foreign Corp. United States is a federal Okay, I know it's here. There it is. It says the U.S. Code. All right. So here we go. Let me get back over here. And I got to do this. And then we'll go ahead and... uh, This is a little nicer here. Okay. So let me go over here and... um, Okay. You're seeing what I'm seeing, okay? The United States is a federal corporation, says the U.S. Code, Title 28. The United States often refers to a federal corporation. It's right there in the federal code in Title 28, uh, 28 U.S. Code 3002 definitions, as used in this chapter. The United States means, A, a federal corporation, B, an agency, department, commission, board, and other entity of the United States, or 
C, an instrumentally, an instrumentality of the United States. So they're picking A, a federal corporation. Okay. The Congress of the U.S. of A created a corporation and gave it the name of the United States to fool everyone, as far as I'm concerned, likely in 1971, as part of an act that created a municipal government for District of Columbia. Is there a court case involving the United States or correspondence from the United States that party may be a corporation? That might want to ask. Uh, which United States or is the United States referenced in 28 U.S. Code 3002, um, 15 and A? Wait for an answer. Note, I must em- emphasize the clause as used in this chapter that precedes all definitions on that page on the page. The reference chapter is chapter 176, Federal Debt Collection Procedure. The United States may mean something else in other chapters and titles in the U.S. Code. Nonetheless, it's odd that there is a corporate corporation named the United States. All right, let's review the Articles of Confederation. Now, this was the, the law before the Constitution. This is when they were all getting their act together to find out what they were going to write. They submitted this except it was rejected because it didn't give the federal government enough power. Isn't that interesting? Federal government doesn't need any more power. Okay, Article 1. The style of this confederacy shall be the United States of America. Now, United States is not the same as the United States of America. And the United States is also not the same as the United States Congress in Congress assembled. The United States in Congress assembled, or the United States for short, is the federal government. When a forum asks if you work in the United States, the question is really, do you work for the United States, meaning the federal government? I think we all do, right? We all pay taxes. As far as I know, in legal, not lawful manners, uh, and for all practical purposes, when this ID entity contacted me, the United States either means a corporation speaking to its employees called citizens, <clears throat> or number two, the federal government speaking to its employees also called citizens. It does not mean the good old U.S. of A. Uh, I'm, not their, I'm not their citizen. They have no jurisdiction. I'm a citizen of the state I was born, not birthed. And consequently, a national citizen of the U.S. of A. And carry a U.S. of A passport, but with the right status. Okay, it gives you some visual help here if you're watching. If you're, if you're not, let's, let's go through this. It has two columns. The real world. John Henry, the man. Okay. Is above, the federal government is above 50 American national states, nation states, Texas, Colorado, Florida, etc., which created and are above the United States in Congress assembled, which only manages and controls the territories of D.C., Puerto Rico, etc. Now their plan, the United States in Congress assembled, created the United States Incorporated, which creates and controls 50 franchises called Texas, Colorado, Florida, etc. And those franchises created and controlled franchises named after living men, John Henry, John Henry Smith. Citizen, uh, critical mistake, John Henry thinks he is John Henry Smith and accepts the inferior role. Okay. Okay, this part of the U.S. Code clearly shows one can be without external, without or external to the United States. This is the code as part of unsworn declarations under penalty of perjury. 
Number one, if executed without the United States, I declare a certify, I declare or certify, verify, or state under penalty of perjury under the laws of the United States of America that the foregoing is true and correct, executed on and with date signature. If executed within the United States, is number two, its territories and possessions or commonwealths, I declare, certify, verify, or state under penalty of perjury that the foregoing is correct, executed on date signature. The first option says one is without the United States, yet the, set, the statement is one that's under the laws of the United States of America. Did you get it? It's right there. It means one is signed not as an, an employee or a territorial citizen or, a United St- or citizen of the United States, which is the government or corporation, and instead is signing under the laws of the U.S. of A. So this should hopefully make it comfortable to say one is not a citizen of the United States, but absolutely carries a passport for the United States of America as a state citizen. One reason Congress may have created this corporation is to gain power over or jurisdiction over the people uh, in the 50 states who actually sit above the Congress. They created Congress. Why don't we have a king so the people are sovereign? To circumvent this, Congress created a corporation called the United States, which then creates a franchises or sub-corporations under the first, last John Doe name combination, and the parent corporation has jurisdiction over the subs. When the living man, John, when the living man John of the John of the Smith family, can sense to being an agent for John Smith the Corporation, in that capacity, he has no rights. And this is the um, this man has it all, but the agent for the first and last name has nothing. The man has the right to travel in a car on the road. The agent of the corporation needs a license to drive and needs the license for everything. Please get this point. Also, the man has mistakenly accepted the liability of the parent corporation and its debts. See the Bugs Bunny video. <laughs> okay. This is a very important point. Corporations have nine-digit routing numbers, cleverly called social security numbers. Living people do not. Interesting. Uh, now when I see the United States, I wonder what it means. When someone introduces the president of the United States, does that mean that he's the president of the corporation? Why is it so hard to add words to Amer- on America? as in the president of the United States of America, or does uh, of America not apply? Uh, is the president only speaking to his employees? Is he speaking only to the U.S. citizens, meaning that the people in the territories? There are volumes and volumes of words in the U.S. code. Does it apply only to federal government employees, also called citizens? Why is it entitled code rather than laws? I think Keating may explain here the United States is similar to the British East Indies Company, which was a corporation that had an army. Fully two years after the war, the Radical Republican Congress passed the 24th Amendment, refused to seat Southern members, declared martial law over the Southern states, sent troops to occupy the South, and forced them to adopt the 13th and 14th Amendment, then sent federal troops into the states to administer their power. It took the South over 100 years to recover. The 13th and 24th Amendments increased the Congress's power 
which is being exercised in its fullest form today over all the states and their citizens through their new powers to create corporations and issues forced loans by negotiating paper. The United States had no power to create corporations, always has the power to create corporations, excuse me, and to grant citizenship. But the Congress only had the power to regulate naturalization and and the state constitutions limited to free white. Now, while the whites and blacks were busy arguing about the civil rights, Congress was busy creating domestic foreign corporations similar to the British uh, East India Company, creating money, a money monopoly. Okay, that's it. Hold on. No, it's not. The United States is likely a corporation created after the Southern War for the independence, a.k.a. Civil War, to do all things the federal government could not do, just like the East India Company. In this encyclopedia excerpt, the East India Company is described just the way we do today. We would describe a nation state battling another. And it says, the company met with opposition from the Dutch and East Indian companies, now Indonesia, and the Portuguese. The Dutch virtually excluded company members from East Indies after Amboina Massacre in 1623. An incident in the English, Japanese, and Portuguese traders were executed by Dutch authorities. The company's defeat of the Portuguese in, in, in um, India in 1612 won them trading concessions from the Mughal Empire. The company settled down to trade in cotton and silk and peace goods, indigo and saltpeter with spices from South India. It extended its activities into the Persian Gulf, Southeast Asia, and East Asia. Keating notes the 24th Amendment, and the one thing that stands out is that it clearly distinguishes between the United States and any state, meaning that the United States is not the American states. Oh, then they go on to talk about the Franchise Tax Board and how that's really an extra uh, a company that's not with California, but does things for California. Statutes can be rules over corporations. That the United States has, a, has statutes could be another clue why, why we're dealing with corporations. Statutes act as a corporation per the definition below. Why not say law if it's law? Meanwhile, maybe because it's just an act of corporation, the world statute is, will sound less ominous going forward. And that the book, The Matrix and the Constitution, states, America and England do not include constitutional law as a part of their law curriculum. The, re- the reason for this phenomenon is because constitutional law does not apply to or affect the enforcement of statutes, codes, or administration regulations, which have replaced constitutional law, the common law, the public law, the penal law, and which have been Designed to control you, for example, constitutional. See the okay, you're right. Which money is being used? Gold and silver are the money of the states of the United States of America. It has an, it's an entity that asks for payment in Federal Reserve notes now and, and considered as quote. One man said to the court, the Constitution says, no state shall make anything but gold or silver coin or tender in payment of a debt. But this court constantly does. 
does. So the court martial, the court must not be the state. If you are not the state, who the hell are you? The court court said, court case dismissed, record seal. <laughs> if the entirety is, if the entity is asking for the Federal Reserve notes, that is a clear sign something is perhaps, something is amiss. Perhaps these notes are uh, money with the United States, meaning that these territories in D.C. or or within the corporation of the United States. But the U.S. of A. does not, and, and the real states, and the real states use gold and silver, uh, though this is a political structure is possibly dumb, dormant for lack of use and waiting for to have the lights turned on again. Executive orders. This is interesting. The President of the United States often signs executive orders. Some say these only apply to federal workers, meaning people who work for the federal government, a.k.a. the United States. These are not presidential declarations. They are executive orders, most like a, like someone acting as a chief executive of the United States. Chief executive, interesting term. That's a corporation term. Okay, perhaps, uh, oh, excuse me, people can have more than one role in life. Sometimes the president may be serving the president, some of the president may be serving as president and other times as chief, chief executive who, no surprise, issues executive orders. Okay, or definitions of the United States in other contexts. And we'll do that video. I think that kind of gives you an idea, folks, that the United States Constitution is not enforced that the United States is a corporation, it's not a nation. Actually, it is, but, you know, the, the way it's being run, it's not a nation. Um, Lincoln, uh, like I said, the, the, the um, oh, the people from Europe, the European bankers, wanted to establish a, a central bank, bank in the United States, like the Federal Reserve we have today, but Lincoln was against it because he knew what that would do to the country. And a lot of people think that because of Lincoln's actions and denying that to happen was why he was killed. And it could be because, let's see, six years later, 1871, is when um, everything came to a head. <laughs> and, um, yeah, 16, uh, eight, uh, 1871 was when everything came to a head. And we haven't had a a valid bank since. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Um, and you know all about the paper money. It's not backed by anything, just a handshake. Not even that anymore. So we got big problems, okay? So if the United States is a corporation and the Constitution is not the um, the creed or the, uh, you know, about me of the... Of the um, corporation, then um, we got problems. We have big problems because we're living under somebody instead of them helping us, okay? You've seen it time and time again in, a, in the Supreme Court. You've seen it in Congress almost every day now, in the Senate almost every day, how they tweak things, how they like to use certain words in order to get some things put into a bill. You know, and then the Republicans, okay, you know, it's pretty good to the people, you know, I think that most of the Republicans are brain damaged that agree with the Democrats. 
you know, you got to have some kind of uh, idiopathic thing going on there. Um, so anyway, that's, that's the um, the whole gist of the thing. That this land that we live in, or I should say the government, is corrupt. Yeah. It doesn't represent you or me, and it's designed to suck the middle class dry and to uh, empower the rich. The poor, they don't care about. They can take care of the poor anytime. Um, just release something into the atmosphere. They're gone. But um, anyway, so I just wanted to touch on that, let you know about the Constitution. It's not in effect. They said I was 1871, but however, I think in 1933, uh, Ralph Epperson is really good at this. Uh, 1933, something was passed that, oh, they took us away from the gold standard. That's one thing they did. Um, and they were on a silver standard for years and then back on the gold and back on the silver. Richard Nixon put us back on the gold, but he didn't last long after he did that. He got booted out off or left. He resigned. Um, so there's, um, there's a lot of corruption, folks. There really is. So Ralph told me one time uh, he got pulled over and the officer asked him what state he was born in. And uh, I can't remember what he said. Uh, where he was born in the United States, he says, I wasn't. I was born in Arizona. You know, taking into the effect uh, or the fact that Arizona is a sovereign state. It's not uh, a federal thing, although they want us to believe that. They want us to be federalized. I'm going to have to get off of here, folks. I'm just dead on my feet. Um, oh, who do we have here? We got somebody, Jin Singh Solomon. <laughs> I love the word knucklehead. Okay. Wow, this moron's been... You know, Ginseng, I challenge you, start your own broadcast and start reading stuff on your own broadcast and see if you can do that and look at people in your chat room. Okay, do that for me or do it for yourself, for goodness sakes. What does succeed mean? It's, it's succeed, not... It means to leave. It means to separate yourself which I'm going to do in the chat room here in a minute. I'm going to separate myself from you. And he says, that's not a word. He says, it scares me. What word describes a state leaving the union opposing the matrix? I just told you. Secession, succeed. Um, hello, do you read the chat? Well, yeah, when I have time. Oh, and then we got somebody else in here. Uh, maybe somebody that's got a little more sense. I live in Texas, love the U.S., hope it doesn't come to that. Me too. Me too, crack. Uh, let's see. I'll just call you crack, okay? <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that. But crack, yeah, I, I don't want it to come to that either. I just want everything to work out. Um, you know, that brings up a subject, crack. Thank you, you you're helping me here. Um, and ginseng is starting to pick on crack, so... Um, you probably, I don't know if you've heard of, and I don't know how true this is. So take this with a grain of salt. Okay. A large grain of salt, big salt block. 
okay? But um, there's something out there that the, the QAnon people keep talking about, and it's called uh, two things, actually, Gesera and Nesera. And basically, there, there are two plans to take back uh, the wealth of the, of the, um, the world that's being squandered by the elites and stuff and, and to give it back to the people. Uh, in the Bible, it's known as the year of Jubilee. Happened in Israel every 50 years. Actually, it happened every seven years. But 50 years was the big gabanza, the big uh, year of Jubilee. And um, this Gesera and Nisera kind of are, are like that. We're supposed to get back all the money we've ever paid in, the taxes. Supposed to Everything's supposed to revert over to paid. In other words, your mortgage would be paid. Your house would be paid. Uh, that is your mortgage. Your car would be paid off. You know, everything that you're paying for would be paid off. You start with a fresh slate. I like that. And I hope it happens, but I'm not, you know, Trump is supposed to do this. And if he does it, hallelujah. If not, I'm not counting on it. Okay. So anyway, let's see what we got here. Now this ginseng character is asking crack what the secede mean. And crack says Texas leaving the USA. It's really a no dumb moment here. Um, okay, let's see. He says, wrong. Take a minute and think about what it means. Well, that's what we're talking about. We were having a dialogue, a discussion about what would happen, what it means. This guy must have like two brain cells active. Um, now he's asking again, what does the word secede mean? Hey, um, ginseng. Ginseng, here, try this. There's something called a dictionary. Now, you've probably never read one because you probably grew up and you're young and you've been online all your life. But if you get a dictionary, you can actually read the meaning of secession. Okay? I talked about it at the beginning. I'm not talking about it again. Yeah, exactly. Leave, ginseng. Ginseng, what a dumb name. Um... Let's see. I just want to make a fool out of this guy because that's what he is. Um, it's apparent. Otherwise, you'd know. You're as bad as the knucklehead on the screen. Oh, thank you. Um, so tell me what the word means. Oh, boy. You ever have that one person in your family, folks, that is just the irritant and you dread holidays because you know that irritant's going to come and he's going to create all kinds of trouble. I'll bet you this guy's that guy in that family. Uh, I don't know. Do yourself a favor and look it up in the dictionary and learn how to use one too. They're really, really handy. And if you want a really good dictionary that hasn't been bastardized, go to uh, Webster's 1828 online. See, it's online too, ginseng. You don't have to pick up a book. Oh, oh, see, I saved you from picking up a book, Ginseng. Aren't you glad? I think he might have left or it. He, she, or it. I'm leaning towards it. Um, sounds like a Nephilim. But anyway, folks, I, I don't want to get wrapped up in this knucklehead, this jerk, this idiot, this moron. Um, and I apologize for being um, descriptive with this. Idiot, moron, jerk. Um, but that's what he is, or she, or it. That's what it is. The thing, 
you know, Biden described them, the thing. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, I just got an email. It looks like it's kind of funny. Um, I'm very not used to chatting with people on these things. I try to do it, especially when Brian's here. I let him talk and I just look what pe- people are writing and then we talk about it. But um, Unless I could be two places at one time. Maybe uh, Ginseng can figure out a way to clone me, you know? Can you do that, Ginseng? Can you clone people? That way I can have somebody reading this while I'm doing the show. We have the same mind and everything. Okay. I guess you you don't know. Um, yeah, you might want to go in a dictionary and look up clone, too. Don't get it mixed up with clown, which you are. Um, okay, that's enough of that. I used to chew people like this up and spit them out alive. I... I've learned to become a little more tolerant, um, but not much, I guess, <laughs> judging by what I've been saying. Um, but I thank um, I thank Cracklin for being here. There's always good people that come in and kind of dispute these imbeciles. Okay, anyway, I am going to get going here, folks. I'm going to let me do this here. Hide on stream. That's weird. Why is this? Okay. Uh-oh. Here I am. I'm back. I'm back. Ah, uh, ginseng. I don't know. What a name to pick, you know? Ginseng Sullivan. Oh, he's Scottish. He's ginseng Sullivan. Okay, uh, you're no brave heart. <laughs> okay, folks, I got to really get going. We've been on almost an hour, and and considering I had to drum this up from nothing, and we're going to talk about Brian and I are going to talk probably tomorrow about um, things that are going on in the Middle East, and uh, that would be a pretty good show because there's a lot of stuff that the press isn't talking about. If you happen to be one of those people that listen to this show, um and you like it and you want want to support it, you can go to ACAST and they'll allow you to support it. Or you can go to PayPal and just, um, you know, send some money or whatever to uh, PayPal at delusionresistance.org. It's that easy. And I promise you we'll put it to good use. We have to pay for this format and everything else. Now that I'm retired and out of work, it's, I, I forgot to plant a money tree in the backyard. You know what I mean? It's, it ain't easy. Um, so yeah, any support that could be given would be greatly appreciated. And we're not a 501c3, so anything given is a gift. Okay. I emphasize again, anything given is a gift. Um, sorry, but I don't buy into that whole 501c3 thing. And I think it was written to put people under slavery and we could do a show about that someday too. We have a long, long time ago, but maybe we can do it again. So. Uh, sun's about to go down. The chickens have to be let in. Um, and I got to attend to some other chores outside. And so I'm going to bid you a fair do, folks. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, most of you, anyway. Ginseng, do me a favor and don't show up ever again. Um, do us all a favor, actually. Um, and uh, call me a knucklehead. I haven't heard that since my uncle was alive. <laughs> That's hilarious. That brings back a lot of memories. Thanks, Ginseng. You, you did you did do something good. Okay. 
Um, so folks, adios, go with God. And, um, coming from the, the, <laughs> coming from the delusion resistance, this is opposing the matrix. And remember next Wednesday, we're starting a show with Ralph Epperson where he's going to be talking about all this kind of stuff. Okay. You want an authority on this stuff. Come on Wednesday and listen. We're going to be on around noon, so you might have to download it later, but um, noon works the best for Ralph. He lives down in Arizona, and it's really hot down there. So we got to jump on it before it gets too hot for him. We don't want him melting in a pool of sweat, you know. Um, okay, folks. Well, God bless. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. May he guard your going out and coming in. You're rising up and you're lying down. May he give you the peace that passes all understanding. In Yeshua's holy name, amen and amen. Good night, folks. God bless.